Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning, I'm going to take from the account of Luke, and I'd like to read it to you. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter, James, and John, and went up to the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white, and behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke to, to, of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was talking about. And he was, and he was saying these things. A cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my chosen one, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in, the, in those days anything of what they had seen. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed. At times there seems like something never is going to end. Perhaps you felt that way on a Sunday morning when the pastor was preaching. <laughs> Just wanted to add that. <laughs> See if you were listening. Or something really small, like, uh, you know, you're at one of these Florida stoplights. You know, if you don't have a traffic jam before, uh, as you're going afterwards when it turns green, you have one. I'm still getting used to that. But... And here again, it might be a cold that you have that won't go away. Sometimes it's something more serious like struggling with depression or, or, or feeling uh, a cloud that will never lift. Or perhaps you're missing a loved one and uh, that feeling of loneliness just seems not to go away. Or sometimes we see our own source, that we are the source of our weariness as we see ourselves falling into perhaps some sinful patterns as before, and we try to struggle, and the struggle that we have against the sins will never end, it seems. Well, today in our gospel lesson, Jesus has a message about those things that will end and those things that will not. Now, to fully appreciate what was happening, I want to rewind a little bit. If you notice now in uh, uh, our text for, the, for Luke, it says now about eight days from this saying. If you picked up on the gospel lesson, it said six days. Now, I, I have to look at that one as far as what the point of reference uh, that Matthew had and the point of reference of Luke. But I'm going to take you back according to Luke. Eight days ago, he asked the question for his disciples, who do you say that I am? And, you know, just like in our thing today, you know, Peter had an idea about building some tents, and, and Luke kind of made that jam. He didn't know what he was saying. You know, he kind of had foot and mouth disease. You know, he always, thought, he always spoke before he thought. And, but this time he had it right. 
That was when he had that great confession, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So far, so good for Peter. But what Jesus said next must have sounded anything but good to the disciples. Because Jesus said that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Now that's a lot for the disciples to take in. Being raised must have sounded pretty mysterious at that time, but the part about being killed was not all too clear. And they barely had time to digest this when, for what lay ahead of Jesus and what he followed up with some very difficult words which would lay ahead for them. And he says, anyone who will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That was what was lying ahead for these disciples. Their Messiah would be killed, and, they were, and their lives now would be a life of, a life of cross-bearing, which means daily dying. Now that's a sobering message, is it? Was this what all they were leading up to as his disciples? Were cross-bearing and dying all that Jesus had for them to look forward to? Now, with that background, now we'll go to fast forward to the transfiguration. Here Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to a mountain to pray, which they often did. And what they see was something that they had never seen before. Jesus was transfigured. That means his appearance changed. His clothes became dazzling white, and even his face changed. It glowed. In Matthew's account, tells us that Jesus' face shone like the sun. And there with him were, were Moses and Elijah, two great heroes of the faith in the Old Testament, Moses being that, a picture of the lawgiver and Elijah, the picture of the prophets. So what is the significance of all of this? You see, Jesus was giving his disciples a much-needed lesson in things that will last and the things that will not last. The revelation of Jesus in his divine glory is the, is the affirmation for his disciples that just as Peter had confessed eight days earlier, Jesus was and is that truly that son of God, that promised one. And to leave no doubt in the minds of his disciples here, God the Father said on that mountain, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And why do the disciples need a message like that at this time? So they can know that the suffering and death will not be the end for Jesus. This one who will suffer and die is the son of the living God, and death cannot hold him. And as the disciples are seeing with their own two eyes, Jesus is that light of the world, the light that no darkness can overcome. Yes, he will suffer and he will die. But that suffering and death cannot and will not be the end for this one 
who now is standing right before them is the Son of God, the living Son of God. And nor will cross-bearing and death be the end for Jesus' disciples either. The living presence of Moses and Elijah on that mountain testifies the future that awaits all people who abide in the faith. Moses had gone through great deal in his life. If you read the book of Exodus, you know, you might be beginning to wonder, boy, they were a bunch of whiners. They always were, they always were complaining about one thing and another. And, and I remember one time when Moses were handed up to here and, and they were thirsty. And here God told him to speak to this rock and he was so angry that he hit it. And God, and God reprimanded him and because of his disobedience he could not go to the land of Canaan in a bodily form. And then you had Elijah. And Elijah, of course, experienced more opposition from the children of Israel. But the hardships that Moses and Elijah had never lasted. What lasted is their fellowship with the living Lord. Moses and, and Elijah passed through those temporary trials of life into the eternal joy at God's right hand. And so it is for all of us who believe. As seen in Moses and Elijah, suffering will not end. Is not the end for those who trust in the Lord. Instead, a crown of, of life is our future. Now, does that promise, though, that the cross-bearing can somehow be skipped over by us? Just as sometimes we might wish we could follow Jesus without taking our crosses, Peter also had that hope, didn't he, along those lines. He offered to build tents for Jesus and Moses and Elijah because he wanted to stay up there and enjoy that. He didn't want to go down to the plain. Isn't that time when we had our mountaintop experiences that we didn't want to stop? We wanted to stay there instead of going back and having to experience life as it really is. Yes, Peter's wish was understandable. And he said, it's good for them to be here. But Jesus had something better in mind. He, he had set on gaining for Peter, James, and John, not a moment of day of glory, but joys that were unending. Luke tells us that here that Moses and Elijah talked about his departure, which was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. They were giving him encouragement for what was lying ahead for Jesus. It was for that departure that Jesus went back and down that mountain. He came down from that mountain of transfiguration with the disciples so that he could be lifted up for them and for us on another mountain called Calvary. And there he suffered for us. And, he is, and so that our suffering will not last. He died on the cross so that our sins, so that death will not be an end for us. And he rose from the dead to proclaim that we might proclaim the good news that he has made a way for us through death, which is life eternal. As that glorious as that transfiguration was, 
that was just a temporary glory. It was pointing to a greater glory as in that transfiguration we see a preview of that unending glory that Christ secured for us on the cross. Now I know as a congregation with members, we all have different hardships that we have to face. And we think, of course, this will never end. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who suffered with us and he suffered for us knows what it feels like because he went through the very same things on earth as we are experiencing today. And so he said, but take heart. The Lord who accomplished his disciples back in that mountain of transfiguration into this sin-filled, chaotic messiness of this world will also be with us in whatever hardships you and I face. And the Lord who was lifted up on Calvary for you and by his death and resurrection ensured that those hardships will not last. They will come to an end and be replaced with the everlasting peace and joy in his heaven that knows no end. Amen.